Amen. I uh, want to welcome all of you. Uh, my name is Keith Case, and I'm a pastor here at uh, Providencia. And tonight, uh, we have some great guests with us here. Blake, here's your microphone. And Roger, you're going to be working this uh, handheld here with... Uh, Where do you want me to sit? Right there. We're, we're putting Roger in the middle. He deserves it. Um, here you go, Roger. So we're really excited. Over the next uh, three weeks, we're, we're in this series called Embody. And over the next three weeks, we're going to get to uh, do some interviews up here with people that, that we see as creating culture in our city. We could, in, in ways, bring any of you up here and do this with you. But um, these are people that we've kind of handpicked. And uh, we're super excited that they're here with us tonight to talk about Embody and the creative process. So we'll dive in a little bit more to who these people are in a second, but let me read our scripture for us tonight. This is from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And I'm doubting that the slide is going to work tonight, so you can uh, follow along on your phone if you want to. Genesis 1 through 10. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above, above it, and it was so. And God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. And God called the dry ground land, and gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. This ends the reading of the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, so as we do every year, if you're new to our church, we go into our values at the very beginning of any uh, sermon series. And, and we go into a sermon series for the entire year. So all year we're going to be talking about embody. By the end of this year, you're going to hate that word. That's uh, part of our goal. But we'll, we're going to talk about it so much. And uh, every year at the beginning, we talk about whatever that the theme is for the year in um, connection to our values as a church, which are our city, your story, and God's grace. So if you go onto our website, you'll kind of see the layout of Providencia, West Palm Beach, our city, your story, uh, God's grace. And then our vision along with that, uh, so that all may flourish. And so we, we'll talk about how our church exists uh, for the sake of our city. And these first three weeks, we're going to be focusing on our city, and we're going to be focusing on, uh, I call it like a maker series, but essentially uh, people who are creating culture in our city. And so I met uh, these two uh, guests here that are in front of us right now. Uh, I met them almost about the same time. I think I met Blake in May, and then by probably the fall, I met Roger. Um, and Roger is, uh, there are many things you need to know about Roger. Roger is, first and foremost, what we're going to be talking about tonight, is a fashion designer. 
Uh, he also has some pharmacy skills in his background a little bit. Uh, he knows how to mix some chemicals together. And um, he's a, a singer, a performer. He's also an actor. Um, he has, he, right? The list goes on. Uh, he's also a mechanic. So, uh, you know, from fashion designer by night to mechanic by day. And, uh, but he has a plethora of skills, and I hope you will get to know him uh, in our community, in our city, and, and uh, get connected with Roger. And then uh, Blake is a songwriter. He's a musician. Um, if you've been to bar- birthday parties at my house, you may have uh, seen him play there. Uh, or if you've been downtown, it's been probably a year at least, right? Since he played at Respectables. Uh, but his band is called Ghost Lion, and he's also a lawyer by day with um, Legal Aid a nonprofit legal office here. Um, he also um, has, he does production, music production, and um, you've been in some, some acting with your own music videos, right? That's true. Uh, he, he, he is a surfer. Um, I saw him out today in the ocean. Uh, and he's also a father. And I can, I can attest to that because I, I literally used my body as a human shield today to uh, save his baby. It was very appreciative. Yeah, it was very Jesus-like of me. Um, So you had to be there, but the tide came all the way into the walls and I used my body as a human shield. So, but this isn't about me, this is about you guys. And uh, I'm excited for you guys to get to know a little bit about them tonight. So there's gonna be um, three parts to tonight. Number one is uh, the beginning. Number two is the illumination, and number three is the celebration. As we kind of look at this scripture that uh, we're going to just kind of visit back to it a little bit, um, but really focus in on, on their creative process and, and their friendship, even how they, how they got to know each other a little bit. Um, but one of the things that if, you, if you've followed Roger or his uh, fashion kind of portfolio on Instagram, with Roger's that, if you go back and look, you'll see he, he used to wear shirts. I don't know if you still wear them as much, but um, I am art. And one of the things that we are kind of exploring tonight and, and looking at as we look at what Moses is saying about how the world came into being is that God is an artist. That God is an artist, and that means about us that we are art. So I don't know if you think of yourself that way. But uh, Roger helped me, you know, with, with thinking about myself as art. And that he then calls us into this incredible journey of being artists. And not just artists alone, but artists with him. So um, as, we, as we get into the first part tonight, in the beginning, uh, on our first section here, when did you begin to explore your art form, Roger? Uh, was there a catalyst moment or a person who encouraged you or inspired you? Um, for me, when Roger that was created, um, if you look through my Instagram, uh, I think 2015, I was spiraling, as we all do sometimes, and I was like, I don't know where I am, what I'm doing, blase, blase, so I stumbled upon this thing called Art Basel mm-hmm. in Miami, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to check this out. So I got dressed up, and then I went down to Miami by myself, and I was walking through the main, like, art uh, And when you say exhibit. dressed up, can you, like, 
<laughs> what does that mean exactly? <laughs> Something casual, like yeah. <laughs> this like uh, floral print, print like high-shouldered blazer with like a, a skinny tie and these huge shoes that I wear, these platform shoes that I'm have become a staple in my, my art form. Yes. And I was walking around, people are taking pictures, and then someone comes up to me, and they're like, can I have a picture? And I'm like, <gasps> and it was Ryan Seacrest. And <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Some people know him. <laughs> Some people. And I was like, uh, 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 of course you can have a picture. So I got to hang out with Ryan Seacrest. We walked around, and nobody knew who he was. And everyone was coming up to me, and they're like, can we have pictures? Can we have pictures? They're asking him to take pictures uh, like of them with me. And I'm like, this is Ryan Seacrest. Like, what is going on? And the way he was looking at me and just observing is what really sparked the idea of, like, okay, Roger, that can can turn into someone or be someone. Mm -hmm. so that was a catalyst for me. Yeah. Um, and just background story, though. It wasn't like your first time ever making clothes. No. So I started off with dance and uh, doing costumes. And my mom would make us elaborate costumes. And then I was like, oh, I can do this. And then I started choreographing and then making my own dance pieces. So I would make clothing for that. And then I was just always dressing how I thought was cool, which was pretty elaborate to other people. I'm like, what do you mean I can't wear this here? Uh, so, so that's how it really, really started it. Uh, but I just thought I was just, you know, being myself, being cool. But Yeah. And your first time you made a costume, you were like 14 or 15? Um, yeah, probably somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. Blake, how about you? When did, it, when did it start? When did the art form start? Was there anybody that inspired you or was there like a... I think my first time uh, I remember singing was to a girl I had a crush on. I was in fifth grade. She was in seventh grade. And I would, I sang her a Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt. And oh, I had wow. memorized every breath. <laughs> even every, every, every breath that Trent Reznor took, I had memorized that. And I executed that. I didn't get the girl. But um, that sort of set me. Did on you use a guitar, or was it? Were you just singing the lyrics? No, I I didn't. I think at that time, I think I I just had maybe started playing guitar around eleven years old, ten or eleven years old. I started playing my brother's guitar, and then once I learned that most songs were only a few chords, I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I started writing maybe in fifth grade. I was so at that time you were already old. you were already able to play the guitar. I think so. What, what gave you the idea that singing to this young girl would somehow impress her? Or I, I think I was attracted to the... Um, I was so shy growing up. Um, so for me, it was a, a way to express myself, I think. Yeah. A lot of the turmoil I felt being shy and being kind of... Um, confined in a way by my own psychology. Yeah. Well, that, and that kind of leads into the second question, which you can answer first this time, Blake, which is, do you remember the vulnerability of the moment of like when you first began to express your art form? I do, because I, I, I remember when I first started writing songs, um, I wrote them when my parents would leave the house and I would quickly hide all the lyrics that I wrote when they came home so they couldn't know. And 
partly that was because I just felt like it was some a process I needed to be alone for and to sort of really self-reflect. And then also just because it was things I was writing about that I thought they would be ashamed of in some way of that if they knew this about me. Mm. So even, even the creative process and actually what you were creating, that itself, just even without putting it out there necessarily, people finding it, it felt vulnerable even. Yeah, that thing's yeah. at that time, for sure. Yeah, because I've heard that a lot with like creatives and artists, like with writers, for example, getting their, their, their art form out there, it feels so vulnerable. And we don't really think about that often. We just think, oh, it's another song they've written or performed. But the, the vulnerability behind it. Roger, how about for you? Or were you going to say something else? No, I, I was just going to connect that to now that I still very much feel that. I mean, for, for me, I think um, there's always fighting fear and yeah. always fighting that voice in my head that says it's not good enough. And I might have an initial spark that I really like and an idea that I follow. But by the time I work over it and over it, I'm like, I don't even know if it's any good anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's a real psychological battle for me that's been the case since childhood. Yeah. I'm still working through. Yeah. How about you, Roger? <sighs> or was it just fun? That was the other part of it. Was it? Did you feel vulnerable, or did it just feel like it was flowing? It was fun. For me, it was more fun. I think I fed off the vulnerability of the people around me, being like my brothers or something. We're like, they're like, we're going to a basketball game. I'm like, all right, what can I wear? to make them feel as vulnerable as possible. And then just feed off. You wanted them to feel vulnerable. Exactly, just constantly <laughs> feed off that. I'm like, we're going to basketball game? All right, I'm gonna wear a sequence top, you know? Yeah. So I think it was that idea of just like making the people around me feel uncomfortable, but comfortable yeah. in a sense. Okay. Yeah. There was a, when we were, we were talking earlier, um, I was talking with Roger and Blake and just remembering like when they had met, because when, um, when Blake and I started hanging out, um, and we would have story group, he always wanted to go down to Clematis after story group on Thursday night. And there was essentially two people that he wanted to see, and that was Mumbi and uh, Roger. And uh, he just hoped that we would like run into them. But I was, I was trying to figure out the history of how they met, and Blake was saying that they met at Respectables, and <laughs> yeah, and, and Roger said, uh, or you maybe said, you were, you were wearing something shiny. Yeah. Always wearing something shiny. Always wearing something shiny and your tall boots so you were standing up above everyone else. Um, and I, you, may have, you may have another answer for this, but maybe it's the Ryan Seacrest moment. But how early on did you feel like you were onto something? Like there's something here that's worth continuing to pursue. Like maybe I have something here. I'm still working through that. <laughs> No, I think I, I think when I was in high school, I was in a punk band, and we had a couple hundred kids would come. We'd flyer the high school, and people would come to the shows, and that's that's where it felt like I had had something. And I've yeah. had little wins here and there, but I still, you know, like I, you won I, an award with um, with oh, Live Nation. I, oh, Live Nation. Yeah, yeah, I won this Battle of the Bands. Uh, Flew to New money. York, auditioned. Yeah. And I've and I've I've had different record labels interested at times, and, and it just I wasn't good enough, is what I told myself. So yeah, yeah. But you kept writing. But I kept writing, yeah. For for me, it was more of an an, an alignment feeling. Like I mm -hmm. felt like what I was doing was in line, 
-hmm. So if you think of it as like me playing like hopscotch, like, and they're not being squares there, but every time I would take another hop, a square would appear. So like another opportunity, another mm -hmm. opportunity, met this person. So it was just, it just felt right. So that's where. Yeah, like there was momentum. Momentum, behind correct. Yeah, doing. it was yep. a snowball effect. Um, and this brings us, so that's kind of, I just wanted to understand the beginning of how the process started for you guys. But then the illumination or the illuminating in verse 3 when God says, let there be light. And there was light. That somehow in our work, in our creative process, uh, as, we, as we bring our art form out, but also in the process of doing it, that there's an illumination that's happening, right? Um, and you, you kind of mentioned it, Blake, um, earlier, but... Was there something in you that you felt like you were trying to get out? Was there, was there like a feeling or an emotion? Or was there something that you wanted, you kind of mentioned this too, Roger, other people to feel, other people to see? You know, there was something you wanted people to see or, or, or something that you were seeing in the process. So, Roger, that's like big thing is to be yourself. Mm -hmm. So what I want people to get from that while I'm around is that like you can literally be whatever you want and have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm at this rap show with all these rappers and I'm dressed how I'm dressed. It's like if you put yourself out there, you can literally do whatever you want as long as you feel true to yourself. You know? And you're owning the dance stage yeah. at the same time. Right? <laughs> well, also breaking it down. <laughs> I think I just wanted few people to feel, I wanted to connect with people first and foremost, for me, coming from like a shy place and not knowing how to express myself. So I think a lot of it for me was um, just trying to connect in any way possible. And for me, it was able to sort of self-reflect and write songs. Um, but I think the major thing for me that I get out of it is when, um, when I, I think by creating a community of connection and seeing that everyone feels connected and feeling sort of this, I don't know, this energy or this, uh, I don't know, really, I guess it's love. And, and, and sort of defeating that, because every show I've played, there's usually the first one or two songs, I'm still sort of in that thing, like, is are things working? Can I sing? Do I have a voice? Is something on the stage gonna break? And then there's a moment where it switches over and it becomes, I'm not judging myself anymore. I'm just like, is the crowd having a good time? Are people out there feeling energy? And that's when it sort of feels transcendent for me. You know when I feel that the most. Yeah, you make it clear. What line? There's many. <laughs> I could. It's been a minute now, <laughs> and everybody goes nuts uh, in respects if you've been there. Okay, um, so so you guys both kind of find this passion. Blake's trying to like uh, win win the older girl. You you've had some exposure to um, costumes through your mom, and then you start making them yourself. You're having fun. At what point do you realize, oh, there's like a discipline to this? Like I have to like. I need to like get some training here or I need to like start working on this craft. Like I have to, I have to learn some more technical sides to this whole thing. And how did you do that? I went to school. Uh, I went to fashion design school at the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. And before I was just creating 
you know, just sewing pieces of fabric together and then putting it on and just being like, look at me. Uh, but then once I got into school, I would say like the first couple of semesters, they re I really like fine tuned uh, like the sewing process, learned how to stitch a straight line, how to cut the fabric, and then it really elevated my creative creating process to be able to do full garments and then whole art pieces, you know? And then, uh, quick little story, I met this, my boss in New York, her name was Suzanne Barsh. Um, I went to this event down in Fort Lauderdale and they have like an opening night and she, she saw my outfit that I had created. I created this like illusion piece With that you faces. open up. Yeah, yeah, the two faces that you open up and it looks like a wine glass, but it was really two faces. And uh, she comes up to me and she's like, you have to work for me. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know who you are. Uh, and then she tells yeah. me who she is, gives me this whole spiel. And she's like, just send me your portfolio. And I'm like, I don't have a portfolio. Yeah. But that night I like whipped some some pictures that I had taken of myself together and just like send it to her with like the grace, you know? And I got the job, but it was just like, if I had had that schooling earlier or yeah. knew what I, exactly what I wanted to do, I could have had a, you know, an elaborate portfolio that yeah. I have now uh, from, from school. So. But, and you can definitely tell a difference between before you knew how to <laughs> so and, and stitch and everything. One hundred percent. Yeah, I actually uh, I got to hang out with Roger on the beach this week and talk more about like him going to school and him learning how to cut the fabric and learning how to do his stitching and everything. And then when I went back and I was reading Genesis, I was like seeing Roger in school learning and like you know and God as God like divided the sky like Roger's like cutting the material you know like a narration over his creative process. It was pretty cool. What about for you, Blake? Um, well, what, what is the question again? At what point did you realize that there was like a discipline to this? Like, I gotta, oh. I gotta like work at this. This isn't just, you know. I had a pretty terrible voice when I was in that punk band I mentioned in high school and listening back to recordings, it really confirms it. I don't believe you. And so I, I started taking <laughs> vocal lessons maybe at the end of high school, I think, and then continued that. I went to, um, I took all, I took some songwriting classes during college. I went, did a summer at um, Berkeley School of Music, a songwriting summer seminar mm -hmm. thing there. Um, and I still, I, I'm still learning all the time, especially when it comes to music um, production. Mm -hmm. um, because that's always changing, the technology is always changing. So um, I've taken online classes in the past, but I'm constantly learning from other people and with YouTube and other um, sites, you can listen to all your favorite producers and how they did the song. So I'm always doing that as well. Yeah, before Corona, every time I would come to your house, you were always mixing in your bedroom. You were always dialing, you were always doing production, you were always had some new beat, new rhythm, whatever. Um, what have you, what have you learned about yourself through your creative process, if anything? Has there, has there, have you learned something about yourself, how you work, um, what you enjoy about the creative process in doing it? I've learned that Roger, that is a character yeah. and a mask that I wear, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and you have to get to a 
point where you're able to realize like what is the character that you're playing and the real person that you are. Yeah. So I think I'm at a great point in my life where I'm like, okay, let me take this mask off. Let me be Roger. Like then I can put the mask on and then let me be Roger that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like that's what. It's I've almost really like learned. you're a performer. Like there's a fashion piece to your performing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, I, I think this is like a trailer line or something, but it feels like that there's freedom <laughs> beyond fear. That for yeah. me, so much of it is about that for me. Yeah. Um, the whole process is something where I'm battling fear from songwriting to shows. Um, so when I do that, in a it's a big, um, there's a huge reward in that, in just finally getting through the fear. Cool. Um, so as we go to this last section, the celebrating, uh, in verse 10, um, Moses records God as saying, and it was good. He looked at the things that he had created so far, and he said, it was good. And um, both of you have in, it created incredible art, um, and I've bore witness to both of you in that. Um, and this is a little more personal, but have you ever been able to say that about your own work? Has there been a moment where you were like, Oh, that was good. No. No. <laughs> the finish line always moves. My yeah. motto is never not working. So I'll perform, I'll get off stage, and I'll be like, all right, what's next? Like, I don't even enjoy the, the art of, like, yeah. you know, I just laid my, my life out on the stage, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> what can I strive to next? So yeah. it's, it's really, like, that finish line is always moving for me. Of course, in the moment, you, you enjoy, but... No. What's been your most enjoyable moment then in your art form? We're getting we're getting personal here. <laughs> uh, enjoyable? I I think it's 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 when I'm on a red carpet and they go, "It's Roger that, Roger that, everybody." I think that that's like they my most recognize enjoyable. your yeah. Your people art, yeah. recognize my art. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's definitely moments where I have where I think that was awesome, um, but I do think, like I said before, that I think it, you know most of the time the story I'm telling myself is that it's not good enough. But mm. I, I think I'm also cognizant that that's the lie. Um, that the truth is that it is good, um, but the lie that we battle is that it's not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. What's the closest you've gotten to it? of being like, that was good. Again, I think it comes back to when it's not about my performance anymore. Yeah. Suddenly when other, when I see the reaction from other people, if I see someone crying because of a song I wrote, or if I see someone feeling joy because of a song I wrote and reacting, that's the moment where it's like, it's not about me. And that's when it feels like that is good. For, for me, it's opposite, though. I, I'm like, this is good enough. <laughs> Blake will sit and work on a song for, like, hours, and me, I'm just like, first take. <laughs> That's yeah. it. All right. Yeah. You get what you get. Yeah. Well, well, one thing that um, I hope for both of you, and it's something that I've had my own journey with, is learning to enjoy and being able to say, this is good, and letting, letting ourselves be celebrated because... For example, in the fashion world, 
And I know a lot of the fashion that you make, Rogers, is really for yourself. But <clears throat> Roger has made like incredible, for example, wedding dresses that are just so cool. Um, and, and I think in the fashion world, the fashion is always changing, right? So you make something and then it's like, oh, there's another, you, you gotta make the next thing. It's like, as soon as you create that one piece, you have to make the next thing. And um, as soon as you release a song or release an album, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to release another song. And it has to be as good or better than the last one. So you can feel all this pressure. But, but one of the things that um, I hope for you all and I hope for myself as creatives and artists is that we learn to uh, enjoy and we learn to rest and we learn to be like, oh, that was actually good. Like, that was really good. That was really cool. Um, well, as the pastor of Providencia, uh, West Palm Beach, I just want to thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the ways that you all contribute uh, to the culture of our city. Um, our city needs it. You know, our city is still a very young city. It's less than 100 years old almost, or it's 100 years old, basically. And um, to see uh, us, all of us here, embrace this reality that we are artists, that we are culture makers, and that we have something to contribute uh, to our city, uh, that we could be a church that does that, be a community that does that. So I just want to thank you guys again for being here, and we look forward to seeing more of your creation and also celebrating you and saying, now that was good. All right? Thank you. Thank yes. You. Thank you, guys.